Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Hey, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I'm Rick Hyland. I'm with my special guest, Stephen Turner. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I love talking about this. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on today. We're going to talk about the great resignation and employee retention and all the issues around that. But let me give you a quick breakdown of Stephen and then ask him to share a little bit more background. But Stephen is the COO of Beyond Resilience and president of Flow Business Solutions. And uh, hopefully we're going to learn a lot more about that. But Stephen, start us out. Tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. Well, uh, I had the pleasure in my corporate life of working uh, for UPS. Um, I started my first management job was I was 20 years old while I was uh, still going to school and um, spent five years in operations, then spent 17 years in uh, finance and accounting as a leader. And the last 13 years I spent in information services or the technology piece of UPS. And one of the one of the great things that I had an opportunity to do was I was in London for five years during UPS's in, uh, initial international expansion. So I learned a lot over there. I was over there and I actually had the opportunity to work in uh, 10 different countries there. I was a finance director. Uh, UPS had finance directors in the five big countries, Italy, Spain, France, Germany, and the UK. I had all the little countries. So I had a great opportunity to work in many different cultures. And uh, when I came back to the U.S. after that five years, um, I went into information services because I wanted to stay in the international business. So that's how I ended up over there. So the uh, the things I've learned through my life there, um, because I started when I was 20 years old, when you're 20, 21, 22 years old, nobody likes to work for somebody that's younger than they are. Right. That was a real dynamic when I got started. And uh, so I thought, well, the best thing I could possibly do was to remember to to treat all these folks that are older than I was like I'd like to be treated. Mm. And it stayed with me for the 34 years I was in the management team at UPS. And uh, I'll give you one small slice of the uh, what I learned in Europe. I didn't realize this at the time. but Looking back, I found that cultures vary, but hearts don't. People are the same all over. So you can take the right management skills and leadership skills, and you can lead people anywhere because of the core of the person is still an individual. Hmm. That's really good. We're more common than we are different. Yeah. So, um, Stephen, tell us about the great resignation, and, and it's in the news, of course, and I just read a CEO poll of a thousand CEOs and the biggest issue they're worried about in 2023 again is uh, the resignation and employee retention. And so it is a big issue today at the beginning of 2023. Tell us what, tell us some of the underpinnings of why it's happening. First of all, before we jump to solutions. All right. Well, the great resignation really came about um, as a result of something that's decades old. It's just that the uh, the pandemic caused it to bubble to the surface. Okay. 
And if we go way back to the beginning, and I believe this is where all this stuff starts, and we know in life that many things happen that are not intentional, but they're real anyway. Yep. So if we go back to the Industrial Revolution, and before the Industrial Revolution, people, it was an agrarian society. Yep. People worked on farms. And one thing about farmers, they're 100% in control of what they do. They may have one or two uh, crop cycles or a, or a livestock cycle throughout the year to generate their cash. And when that cycle occurs, they get paid because they sold their livestock or they sold their crops. They may take some of that money and go back and pay the banker who lent them some money to buy seed or buy a calf or two. And then they live on that money for the rest of the year until the cycle starts over. So they're 100% responsible for what they do. When we moved into the industrial uh, era and uh, farmers came off the farm and started working in factories, a significant dynamic occurred that nobody thought about probably. And that is that now people, instead of living on the farms doing what they knew they needed to do, they moved into factories doing what somebody else told them to do. Right. And then, whereas on the farm they were paid once or twice a year, by being paid once or, you know, every one or two weeks, whatever the case might be, it's an entirely different mindset on money management as well. Yeah. But the thing that really gets compromised to bring it right back to the bottom line is that we as individuals were created to have a desire to have impacts on our lives. Right. So we we have the desire to rule. And the first person we rule is ourselves, the one in the mirror. and. Uh, that was significantly compromised. Again, I'm not saying, you know, it was not intentional, but it was a result of the migration into the Industrial Revolution. And um, there's, you know, there was things that happened after that. You know, labor unions came into play because people wanted to have more say in, in their life. But the fact that people like to have an impact on their own life and they don't, if they don't get a chance to, it causes problems to the point where now people are no longer working because they want to, they're working because they have to. And I can just tell you in my 34 years experience in the corporate world and my 10 years in the entrepreneurial life since then, which I went into after UPS, it just doesn't work. People like to be involved in what they do. So did COVID wake us up? Because that's been going on for a while, right? So did Exactly. So what happened was the pandemic caused people to have an opportunity to work at home. Mm -hmm. Now, when the time came to come back to the, to the office or the factory or whatever, there were a lot of people that didn't want to do that because they didn't want to go back to what they didn't like. Now, there's lots of dynamics all inside all of that, but the bottom line is still the same. We have had about 45 million people quit their corporate jobs in the last year and a half. And that causes, if I'm a CEO, my first concern is, do I have enough people to sustain my business? Right. And then the next question is, how about growth? To grow the business. Right. So this is this is a big deal. It is. And before I get it, I'll get before I get into solutions, um, it's just it's just perpetuated itself for the last 18 months. 
and it's made it's been pretty ugly and it's you know people just like to have a say in what they do yeah ownership responsibility yeah, exactly someone telling them what to do yeah right so i think that does lead nicely into now the solutions for companies big and small uh what are your recommendations to overcome this pressure and this uh problem right there are a couple of things here first of all uh in the corporate world let's go there because that's where we get we we hear the most news right the Great resignation, basically, basically a corporate event, though it doesn't have to be. It could be any place. Mm -hmm. Is leaders need to change their focus a little bit, not a little bit, a lot, where there's more attention to the individual as opposed to the number. I like to describe it this way: procedures, systems, and processes should be managed, but people should be led. Yeah. And there is too much of an attempt to manage people. And it's it's understandable how it happens. So it does take an intentional desire to shift gears to change the mindset a little bit. So this is this is new thinking to get into where we need to be so that people want to will follow the leaders. Most people will follow a good leader. Right? That's just that's sort of natural. But they resist uh, being managed and being run by numbers. So when you consider that, yes, CEOs, business owners are going to always look at numbers. That's sort of one of the responsibilities, right? The success of the business plays out in numbers. Yep. But the problem occurs when the number request flows through the organization gets down to the frontline supervisors who need to give the message to the employees who are the ones that actually generate the numbers and they don't know how to do it. And the fact that uh, managers don't know how to do it is really something that's been in place for a long time. Where management people, and I have to say, as much as I loved UPS, most of what I did there, I created on my own. Because there isn't rock-solid management training of management people, especially when it comes to leading people. It's just not there. And it's unfortunate because it's really generation after generation after generation of leadership group. They're just replicating what they, what they were taught or what they experienced, I really should say. And the only way to switch it is it has to be a mindset shift. And that's really what we focus on. Um, I don't want to get ahead of your questions, but the, the solution really comes down to rethinking what a leader's role is. Okay. What does that mean to me, Stephen? Let's say if I'm one of those middle managers in corporate America that you're talking to, what, what does that mean to me every day, every week? What do I do differently if I'm going to lead people better one-on-one -on -one and manage things or processes? What do I do differently? Managers at any level, the first key thing is to listen. We have two ears and one mouth. Use them portionally. Because there's so much information out there in the, in the hearts and in the voices of employees. 
that if they listen to what they say, they're going to pick up a lot of the needs that, that employees have. One of the things that I've always done in no matter what groups I was working in, and it doesn't matter, whether it's operations, finance and accounting, technology, whatever, is to sit down and just have meetings and let employees say what's on their mind. Let them know, let employees an opportunity to talk. Because when we when we listen to that, and if we if we find something that we can do that responds to their request or their their opinions, it's surprising how all of a sudden people will start to catch on to the fact that the leader really wants to listen. And you'll get more recommendations. You yeah, can't you, do everything, but and you can still you can still do it about real business issues, right? You can mm -hmm. still do it. Oh, so yeah. It's the company, but the fact that you're asking and then listening, following up on a couple of their ideas, builds a lot of momentum and a lot of energy. It can benefit the business, but it and the employee feels listened to and connected and part of the solution. Let me give you an example of what could happen. And I have a number of stories like this, but this was probably the most stark one. Okay. Um, back when I was early in my supervisory years, um, I was getting, I wanted to get my, my, this is at UPS. I wanted to get my group together and tell them what I wanted us to accomplish for the year. And I had my other peers around me saying, you're nuts for doing that. They're just going to take advantage of you. Keep in mind, well, I had a relationship with these people because I had been working with them for quite a while. Okay. So I brought them together. It was probably January 5th, right? And I said, I just wanted to let you know where I hope the you know things we'd like to accomplish this year. I laid it all out there. The most senior person of the group, get this, stood up and said, Steve, we're behind you. We want you to be successful. That was it. The rest is history. <laughs> but when 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 you spend time with your people and you you let them know that they're important, not as uh, people sitting in a chair, but rather individuals and lead people as individuals and listen to what they say. I mean, there's many times when in the process of listening, you're going to find out that somebody would like to do something. Like, gee, I'd like to learn something about what happens in the payroll department. This was accounting at the time. I would find a way to let that person have some exposure in that area. I mean, Cross-training is valuable to an organization. Right. Plus, we're now responding to somebody, something somebody would like to learn. So if we just listen to what people are interested in, plus obviously keeping our minds on the business, and we can many times do both at the same time. Yeah, that's the that's the really good point, Stephen, because I, I do find a lot of middle managers, you know, I've got all this performance pressure. They really need me to move this airplane through the factory you know, in X, Y, Z time. And uh, that's what I got to do. And some of my people aren't respond, you know, and so the performance pressures and expectations maybe causes them to react in a way that they wouldn't want to be treated. And so mm -hmm. it's carrying the two of, yes, I have these pressures to deliver. And I, the best way to, to do that is to listen and honor my people. Like to find that balance is a tricky balance, isn't it? Yep. Now, let me give you an example of something. Um, I've worked with people that have been 
so far on the wrong end of this that I sit down and, and explain to them, you know, specifically what would work best for them in their environment. I always give them a warning. I said, no, your people have watched you be the way you are for a long time. Yeah. If you come in instantly and look like you're somebody different, they're probably not going to believe you. So I describe it like this. If you've been in your organization wearing a black cloak for however long time, don't put a white cloak on. Put white tennis shoes on Start. so that people can see that you're starting to move in that direction. Start small. And what will happen is they may sit down and have a meeting. The leader will ask the employees a question. They won't say anything because they don't trust them. And But somebody will say something. And then all of a sudden, if they can find something, if the leader finds something they can do to demonstrate, I am listening to what you're saying, in within 90 days, the issue will be resolved and people will be working together, moving in the right direction. Happens all the time. Only takes 90 days because people want to experience the change. Yeah. They're not going to resist it. They just want to make sure you're being uh, truthful. It really, as a leader, you really have to get your ego out of the way, right? And not yeah. portray it as your idea or you're the solution, but you are helping and give that person lots of credit that brought up the idea, right? Oh, yeah. Nothing worse that can happen is that if you speaking to top management about somebody else's idea and you own it and they hear about it, like yeah, not good. trust. That's uh, right. But yeah, putting with the ego and doing what's best for the company and the employee and bringing those two together is a powerful idea. Now, let me ask you, let me just respond again to, uh, you asked what, what middle management people could do. They can do all of these things themselves amongst their own work group. There's nothing that says that even if the, the atmosphere of the business tends to be uh, pressure, uh, downward demands, and all those kinds of things, there's nothing that says that the person in their own work group can't bring in the other. Well, hold it, See, hold, it, hold, hold it. My boss, my boss doesn't treat me right. He doesn't lead me in a way that we're talking about here on listening. So why should I? I, I? I can still make a difference in a big company if if I do it differently. Yeah, because, well, the first thing is they're going to make a difference in their own work group. Now, to be honest, the people around them ignore him. But the experience he has in his own work group is going to be worth watching. I did this for years, exactly the same thing. Uh, I believe you. And and uh, it works, and the environment is just more fun. You know, one of the things that caused a great resignation is there's a statistic that's been reported by Gallup for since 1990. The statistic says this, 85% of people, employees, are not fully engaged in their work. And that number has never changed hardly at all. Now, you'd like to wonder, well, how come if the number's been reported, why doesn't it ever change? And it really comes down to this. The number's reported. People like me can stand up and say, this is what you should do. It'll fire people up for a couple months. There might even be a seminar on it in the business. This I've seen as well. But the enthusiasm dies about after the third month 
because nothing has nothing has actually happened to structurally change the way a business runs. Hmm. So they fall back into the status quo because that's where our mindset is. Nine months later, the cycle begins again. And it's been going on and on like that forever. So one of the things that we focus on is not only teaching change, but you have to know where you're starting and have a roadmap set out to get to where you need to be. You can't drive from one place to another unless you know where you're starting from, right? And then a a map. So when things like this happen, this is why a change like this in an organization has to come from the top to make it work through entirely in within the organization. That doesn't mean a work group can't do the same thing, you know, that I'm talking about because I've I've seen both. But um, it's it's just it's an awesome impact. But you do have to know where you are to start. And unfortunately, many business leaders, many many don't know where they are because they haven't they haven't considered it ceos have lots of things to do um they naturally expect that the management people that are underneath them are taking care of the employees that's a gross that's a bad assumption yeah i can tell you just from my experience yeah so steven let's let's turn it a little bit to smaller companies for a second and it also impacts them, whether you're a 10-person house or 20, it impacts them as well, doesn't it? This resignation and the solutions thereof. It's hard to find good employees. It's hard to keep them. What advice do you have for the smaller organizations on this topic? Well, the, f- the first one is to understand what happens in small business as you scale. Because this, this doesn't get much attention either. When you consider, just walk through the progression of an organization. A business starts, it's one person. The one the business starts to grow needs another employee. So the leader hires an employee and they work side by side. Business keeps growing. Hire the third person, the fourth person. Everybody's still there doing the work together. The owner has hired the person. Everybody's working together, right? When you get to the point of having five or six employees, and the, the leader needs to back off and do the things that he or she needs to do to support the business. And now you take one of those five or six people and you appoint them to oversee the business, the day-to-day business, right? Okay, that's all good. The owner knows everybody that's there. Everything's wonderful. Business keeps growing. More people brought in. The owner might hire them all. There's another management person added. So pretty soon, when you get to about 50 people, You've now got probably six management people, and now you bring in a manager over the managers. When you get to this point, the owner most likely is not involved in hiring anybody. Yet the owner still has the same natural bond with the person they would have hired, so they think it's still happening. All of a sudden, there's a separation that occurs to where the enthusiasm that the owner had unless he intentionally passes it on to the management people saying, you know, when we hire people do this, there's a break there. Uh Now, as the business keeps growing, break gets even greater. Now, I'm saying all this because the owner who is scaling 
needs to keep this in mind so that it just doesn't assume to happen because nobody would ever not do it intentionally. They assume it's still happening, but it's really not. That they need to train their managing people to lead people as people. Okay, business keeps growing. More management levels come in. Perhaps the organization is sold and a new owner comes in or becomes a corporation, whichever the case may be. The separation now between the person at the top and the folks running the business, the day-to-day business, has gotten so large that there is no communication taking care of employees. So the, the solution is the same all the time. Treat people like people. Treat people like you'd like to be treated. The golden rule, right? It works all the time. And when I went to Europe, it works in every culture as well. And to your point, uh, just be just be aware that as you scale, as you grow, as you put people in between, make sure you're intentional about how the culture wants to treat people. Uh, that it was when it was a five person organization, and you could you know touch everybody every day, so to speak. By the way, you said a very important word there: intentional. Yep, it's Love intentional. That. You know, you get when you organizations, companies should have vision statements, mission statements, and all those kinds of things, but they're only words unless it's intentional, right? And in there needs to include the the, the way uh, employees are treated, yeah, hired and treated, and developed, and grown as well. How do you? Answer- I think one of the, I I think one of the really good signs of a good leader is when it comes time to promotions, how many of them come from within? That is a good sign. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. How do you answer the question uh, around the great resignation um, about, you know, uh, work at home, uh, work at the office? How, how do you guide leaders through that question? I know that's a tough topic in many, particularly the millennial generation wants to work, you know, have that flexibility. Uh, they see it as a great benefit. How do you coach leaders around that issue? One of the things to remember when it comes to working from home, the benefit, one of the benefits that employees like is the fact that they're still working an eight-hour day, but they're working in a 12-hour span, right? So instead of eight to five, it's seven to seven because they're doing family stuff along the way. So I think one of the number one things that leaders have to focus on is the assignments that people have. And the completing of an assignment at a per, at a certain point in time with everybody working towards the same goal, not getting so hung up on where are you at 930 in the morning, but rather, how's the team doing at accomplishing the task that has been assigned? Now, that's relatively easy in project-oriented businesses, like a lot of tech companies. When you're in a general operations-type environment, then you can still focus you can you should still focus on getting projects done by a certain time um it may be a little more difficult because not everybody's working on the same project at the same time but everybody has an assignment and everybody is there for a reason so i would focus on the result more than when you're punching a clock yeah well said now there's another thing here you still need the camaraderie Piece. You know, one thing nice about everybody working in my office here is 
everybody's close by. You know, there's the human human contact that still needs to be there. It's too important to relationships. So periodically, uh, you know, people need to get together. That doesn't have to be during work hours. It might be for dinner. It might be for something else, but or get together on a Saturday. It doesn't have to be in the office. Now, the, the perfect solution for any business, obviously, is based on what the business is and, and what it needs to have. But most employees, if they're engaged in their work, will understand what's going on from the owner's perspective mm. and what their piece of the puzzle is. Because then they're they're fulfilling their piece of the master plan. And people like to like to be part of a plan. They like to be part of a team. And if they if they are part of a team and they know where they fit, they will be more successful because they don't want to let somebody else down either. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, great insights. Great. And it's so simple, but yet it's not common practice, is it, to listen and to follow up on employee issues, needs, and to offer flexibility and autonomy and to focus on the outcome and the result versus just the time and simple ideas, but not just always common practice. So thank you for bringing it to light. Thank you for reinforcing this. Uh, we can get performance and treat employees with dignity and respect. Always, always, always. Well said. Uh, where can people find you if they want to hear more? Okay. Um, you can... You can find me at my Flow Business Solution website. So that is flow-business-solution, singular, dot com. That is the small business group. The Beyond Resilience group is the corporate application of what we're doing. Oh, okay. So there's a natural natural split there because of the focus of the uh, the material. Got it. So, so one, one organization is the big company and, and the flow business is to the small business side. Yeah, well, the two two different companies because flow existed first. Okay. Right? It was interesting. Three of us got together, and I won't go through that whole story, but we all had the same mindset in the same place, and we've come together to go to corporate America to provide a solution that everybody will like. Win-win. Yep, win-win. Stephen Turner, thank you so much for being on the CI for Life podcast today. Hope you have a great day, great week. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Cheers.